It's the big wake-up call, and we could not have an end-of-the-year show without my next guest. We're always glad to have him here when he calls every so often, and let's catch up with Dylan Brody. Hey, Dylan. Hey there, man. Thank you so much for giving me such a decent block of time around the holidays. Uh, there's a piece, this piece that I, I, I want to do for you today is one of my favorite things. It's it's steeped in nostalgia and melancholy and laughter and all the things that the holidays are. I grew up in a small town in upstate New York. When we moved into town, I was four years old. I was just old enough to read. And I remember driving in and I saw the sign that said, Welcome to Skyville, New York, population 984. And the following day, in a welcoming act, the old white-haired mayor, with his mustache and his Norman Rockwell paint bucket and brush, drove out to the sign in his pickup truck to amend it because we had moved in so that it said, and some Jews. <laughs> and and is, is that experience uh, reflected in the piece you're about to share? Only and, tangentially. And the name of the piece you'd like to uh, share with us? And this is great. This is a huge production. We spared no expense to get this uh, recorded to deliver to our audience. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I appreciate the effort you have put in on this. This is called A Child's Christmas in Brief. Ladies and gentlemen, A Child's Christmas in Brief by Dylan Brody. We are the only Jews in Schuylerville, New York. Everyone in Schuylerville knows we are the only Jews, so understandable confusion surrounds the great, well-decorated Christmas tree in our large, first-floor, uncurtained living room. We are not very good Jews. After a childhood of envy toward her goyesha friends with their beautiful trees and their rapt presence, my mother has decided that she is a grown-up woman and can celebrate the holiday however she damn well pleases. So every year we pick out a tree. My father sets it up in the living room. My mother decorates it with ornaments. My sister and I help. We are in charge of tinsel. And every year my sister screams at me, Strands, not clumps! Strands, not clumps! Presents wait wrapped under the tree for the 25th of December, which we call the 25th of December. My father is an atheist, but he believes in history and tradition. So every year he pulls down the brass menorah from a top shelf in a closet, sets it up, and for eight nights we turn our backs on my mother's secular celebration tree. He is a, a lapsed Jew. He doesn't really know the prayer, so every year he makes up the ceremony as he goes along, lighting the candles from the master candle as he solemnly intones, Abracadabra, Alakazam. We light the candles. We don't eat ham. By the eighth night it becomes absurd. We will not eat it in a boat. We will not eat it with a goat. We will not eat the Gentiles' ham. We will not eat it. L'chayam. This year, my father has found a, a pamphlet. On one side, it has the Hebrew, and on the other side, the phonetic spellings in English, so we are able to read the prayers. Baruch atah, Adonai, have a clue what I am saying right now. We ask him to explain the holiday to us, and first he goes the traditional route of self-loathing, anti-Semitism. He says... We celebrate because 5,000 years ago, one of our ancestors got a good deal on some lamp oil. Then he shrugs, 
winces as though he is forgiving himself for some slight committed against a college roommate whose nickname is remembered, but whose true name is long since melted into history. He does his best to explain the story. There are Maccabees who are inexplicably not Scottish. Refugees hide in a cave. It's all about how much oil there was, how long it would last. Outside, black night fell. Inside, the white light burned. My sister is 13. She has a keenly honed sense of hypocrisy. She has figured out that the holidays have become a corporate consumerist construct. Any gifts purchased and exchanged are an indication that my parents are not as committed to global workers' rights as they would have everyone believe. She has figured out that war has been caused by religious observance and faith over the millennia, and any nod to any religious observance is an indication that my parents are not as committed to world peace as they would have everyone believe. My sister has figured out that all the religions are patriarchal in nature, and any nod to any religion is an indication that my parents are not as committed to women's equality as they would have everyone believe. I am 11. I like presents. I like days off from school, spending so much time reading comic books in my pajamas that the elasticized ankles leave rib marks in my fair upstate New York flesh. Dusty, Dustin Hoffdog, the great coffee-stained sheepdog of my youth, genuinely believes that we are the best, most wonderful family in the world and that any food left outside of the refrigerator is there for him. He is having a very happy, very gassy holiday. The true miracle of the season lies in the fact that our home does not explode. This year, there is an energy crisis. Words in the news as far into me as if they were in Hebrew. OPEC. Embargo. It's all about oil, how much there is, how long it will last. My father has gone to a local auction. He purchased a pot-bellied stove, an antique, hired a handyman to run stovepipe from the stove up to a hole in our chimney. My father says that this stove will save money on our heating bill, and he is correct. The stove warms an area around itself seven feet in diameter, an area that encompasses the thermostat. When the stove is lit, the furnace shuts down. Every year my father pulls down the album of Dylan Thomas, my namesake, reading his long poem, A Child's Christmas in Wales, and every year I have grown bored and wandered away. This year my father has not pulled out the album. Perhaps he's forgotten. Perhaps he's given up on a tradition that only brings him disappointment. I reach for the album. Perhaps I am seeking parental approval. Perhaps I have inherited his love of history and tradition. 
I pull out the cardboard sleeve from the shelf. I slide the vinyl disc onto my hand. I set it on the record player. I drop the needle. I lie down on the floor. My head rests against my beautiful dog's belly. He cranes around to snuffle me, stolen latkes on his breath. As the drunken Welshman weaves his dimple youth tales of salt-swept, sea-stained, cobblestoned streets, snowballs thrown and melted long ago of candied cigarettes that melt chocolate on his tongue, and I've had candied cigarettes, and they were always made of stiff bubble gum. So I think he's gotten it wrong, because I am eleven, and I know everything, but I don't. I don't know, as I lie, knees pointed toward the ceiling, small feet chilling flat. I do not know that I am learning to love language, to listen and to write, to appreciate cadence and sound and lyricism. I do not know that I am freezing my own memories into snow globes against future use. Outside, the white snow falls. Inside, the black disc turns. And here, in this cold and godless house, these are holy days. And that was A Child's Christmas in Brief, performed by Dylan Brody. Dylan, thank you as always, and uh, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, man. And next year, I promise to write something significantly shorter.